Chapter Six of the Art of Landscape Painting in Oil Color by Alfred East. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six, Color. What is color? We understand well enough the general meaning of the term, but cannot easily frame a definition. Some day, perhaps, color will be defined as chemical compounds are and described quantitatively a definite figure being employed for a definite tone at present our definitions are loose and we cannot explain the exact measure and meaning of our words when we speak of color we ought to have such definitions as will leave no doubt in the reader's mind as to the tone the writer refers to and we should associate the exact tone of a color with an accepted symbol we call yellow yellow yet there are hundred tones of yellow from the most brilliant suggestions of light to the deep hue which lies at the borderland of red we have no names for these except light or dark and very weak epithets they are and absolutely worthless to the artist we say a sky is blue it may be so but you would frequently be inclined to call it green were a fragment of that pigment held up for comparison in the works of eminent painters we see the sky painted in a fashion that suggests all the qualities of atmosphere distance the sense of infinity etc yet if we were to compare it with nature we should find that the picture which gave these revelations was painted many degrees lower in tone than the actual sky so again with red it may be sumptuous full rich expressive of dignity and power or it may be poor mean and unworthy of its place yet we call it red in either case on one side it may coalesce with a blazing scarlet or descend the purple slope towards blue if this indefiniteness occurs in the primary pigments what shall we say of the secondary and tertiary ones with their infinite range of subtle grays it would be an impossible task to follow and describe them it is not within the capacity of the human mind to do so we use names which are after all but approximations to the real facts color cannot be expressed without a medium or without the assistance of form yet it has a quality independent of either it is the significant beauty of a pearl yet strange to say it is of little value when the same lovely iridescence is shown in a meaner material we lose a vast amount of the enjoyment of life in the non-appreciation of color in its infinite varieties and combinations there are within our minds associations of sentiment with color for example red calls up the ideas of force cruelty or passion purple speaks of dignity and regal splendor and blue of purity and so on but for all that it has not been discovered what form or shape best serves for their display 
and if the most expressive form let us say of red be made it may lose or modify its meaning through contact with its complementary there is a wide field of unexplored thought in the question of color and its bearing upon the emotions through art but it is too abstruse for a book of this character it is sufficient for our purpose to insist that the student should recognize that there is as much artistic thought necessary to the selection of color from nature as there is in the selection of form and that no color should be allied with form if by such alliance that form should lose its special characteristic our nerves may be as irritated by a series of tones of color in a bad picture as our ears would be by the discord of tones in music we speak of good or bad color these terms are entirely relative and conditional no doubt color qua color may be good or bad but from the painter's point of view its quality is determined by its suitability to the purpose in hand the artist has the whole gamut of color at his disposal for his own selection if his selection is bad he must not complain that he has not had the opportunity of choice it would be equally absurd if the musician complained of the quality of sounds or the author of the nature of words great thoughts have been expressed by simple terms and great pictures painted with a simple palette i mention this matter because i want to warn you that no excuse is valid for the misuse of color you cannot come back puling from a misspent month of work and say you never had a chance you have had chances as good as any of the greatest painters ever had it is entirely your own fault if you select color that is common or mean some people see only the sordid elements in life and nature they seize only the non-essential things which nature would almost seem to display in contrast with the truly great philistine painters mistaking these for the inner realities and being oblivious of true place and proportion reproduce them and leave the characteristic things undone so with color they see the obvious and superficial they do not see what is distinguished and fine unfortunately their appeal to nature for justification is allowed by those who see her with the same meanness of vision the appreciation of color is undoubtedly a rare gift with it a man can become a great painter without it he cannot possibly claim a position amongst them one can cultivate this faculty if it is inborn and develop it to a higher plane but if it is absent it cannot be created any more than you can create an ear for music it is a well-known fact that faculties become atrophied by disuse and exercise is necessary for the retention of natural gifts it is said that darwin who used to practice music in his early days completely lost all sense of it 
after a long period of life devoted to scientific pursuits. He could not tell the difference between God save the Queen and Rule Britannia. You perceive, therefore, it is equally necessary, if we wish to keep the color sense keen, to constantly sharpen that faculty by close observation and comparison of colors in nature learning to select those that will be most consistent with our purpose the vulgar craftsman will give you the rough primitive colors that are seen by the crowd but the disciplined eye perceives the qualifying effect of many different local conditions yet never loses the truth amid these modifications you have admired the beauty and subtle color of the landscapes by Kazan. you cannot say for certain what proportions of yellow or blue composed his green you cannot detect the particular pigment in his delicate grays but you instantly recognize that he has seen these tints in nature and that his representation is just and beautiful you conclude that they are arrived at through a refined and artistic temperament, not the coarse and vulgar ignorance that paints blue, blue, or green, green, and leaves no message beyond the impression that the hand that painted was the hand of a boor. The lesson to you is this. While exercising care in the selection of your subject, its composition and the effect under which you will paint it you must think and think seriously of this vital question of color it is a question of the first importance and probably the most profound of all the difficulties you have to encounter if you are a colorist by nature the time and thought you devote to the subject will not be wasted naturally by thought you will add something to the fineness of your gift. If you have but a poor appreciation of color, it is all the more necessary to seek improvement by painstaking and persistent study. It has been said, and said with truth, that if you look for any particular color in nature, you will find it. If you search for purple, you will discover purple, and if you want blue, the blue will be sure to show itself this curious and interesting fact in psychology accounts for the preponderance of certain colors in some artists landscapes a specific strain as it were running through them all as particular notes in a musical fugue we know a man's work by his predilection for a certain color yet the artist himself may be completely ignorant of the peculiarity it is possible you may become color-sick, that is, lose your quick appreciation of color. The only remedy is resolutely to exclude the offending pigment from your box and to force yourself to paint the subject without it. It will be difficult and almost painful at first. You will be trying incessantly to find it on your palate but persevere until you have conquered this abnormal tendency. Then, when you are so master of it, you may indulge yourself with a little of the forbidden color as a luxury. The raison d'etre of painting 
in contradistinction to the other arts is the expression of color or rather the expression of color allied with form it is a laborious task to secure some of the higher qualities of tone when using a full polychromatic palette it has been done by turner even if at the expense of other artistic qualities but do not allow any difficulties to drive you to seek that refuge of the destitute painting in monochrome it is obviously easy to obtain qualities of tone in black and white it is true we may even suggest color in black and white and there are artists who claim to suggest color by a monochromatic scheme but do they succeed that is a question i would ask you seriously to consider they paint black or brown trees and a gray sky made of flake white and ivory black and they perhaps insert a spot of color in the figure of an animal or man now had you not received the suggestion through the form of the trees that they were trees do you think you would feel they were green i think not you think they are green because you know by their form they are trees if the mass had not assumed the shape of trees you would not have arrived at the conception of any color but would only have perceived their blackness the suggestion is offered and you accept it your intellect coming to the rescue of your sensation by a process of deduction were all art so colorless what a monotony it would be and life minus color flowers skies seas costumes pageants reduced to a dull monochrome would become a dreariness indeed it behooves us therefore not to shirk the difficulties of color but so to use it that it becomes a pleasure for the appreciation of color is one of the joys of life one of its greatest charms it is our duty to cultivate this faculty so to understand its value that we may reveal its beauty to others and which many in their hurry of life may have missed the greatest landscape is marked by the alliance of fine form with fine color color that is harmonious and just will always possess beauty forms should be enhanced and glorified by color and color in turn should be ennobled by being enshrined in the most appropriate forms it is said that one of the old masters declared that he would paint the head of the madonna with mud if he were given color to put around it End of chapter six